It's Charlie O'Shields, and we've made it to the 65th episode of Sketching Stuff. It's been an amazing journey filled with lots of sketches and stories, and I hope you've enjoyed it and found lots of inspiration along the way. I wanted to announce that this is going to be my last episode for a while. You see, I'm going to focus on writing and illustrating a couple of storybooks that I've been mulling over for quite some time. It's always been my dream, and thanks to my daily habit, I've gained the confidence to finally make that dream a reality. I'll still be sketching each and every day, of course. I couldn't stop now if I tried, but what I write and sketch will be a bit different going forward. With only so many hours in the day, I won't be able to do everything I was doing along with all of the new things I need to do as well. And yes, this means I'll finally have to start illustrating things that can't quite be completed in a single sitting or just under an hour. It will definitely be a test of my inner child's short attention span, but I'm super excited for the new journey ahead. And I know me, so I know it will require a bit of extra focus to make this happen. My wish for you is that you'll always follow your own heart as well. Make something each and every day and share the wonderful bits of your own journey along the way with us. We're all waiting to be inspired by what you make next. And I couldn't be more thrilled for you, as I certainly know the sheer joy to be found in a beautiful art journey. Welcome to Sketching Stuff, a collection of stories sketched from life. Coloring Book Memories For Prompt of Rainforest once, I opted for a little sketch featuring a few of its creatures and plants. I decided to try more of a coloring book composition for this one for a bit of fun. As a kid, I used to collect cards about nature and various animals, and I was always most fascinated by the inhabitants of the tropical rainforests. There were just so many cool and amazing creatures to be found there. So this was also one of my very favorite subjects to color. I never got to actually visit a rainforest when I was young, but it was fun to learn about it and imagine visiting one day. I also loved books about nature and various colorful illustrations found in them. I remember thinking that I'd love to make illustrations like those when I grew up. Life ended up taking me on a creative path for jobs, but more about directing concepts, and so I stopped drawing after school. Now, after all these years, getting to make my own coloring book pages is a dream come true. As I've mentioned before, I actually started college wanting to be a journalist. In my heart at the time, I thought that one day I'd work on the cool documentaries I so enjoyed watching. None of this actually came to fruition, of course. The biggest barrier was that I didn't love fact-finding as much as I loved story-finding. And I would find my mind wandering into a story before I had checked all of the facts. I wasn't daunted and just moved to a creative writing class instead. But I think all good stories are never really fiction, because they're always grounded in truth. I remember coloring in my coloring book when I was very young, and I made an elephant pink instead of gray. It wasn't a pale pink like a reflected sunset, but a bright pink. When one of my classmates asked me why it was pink, I told her it was because the elephant was very shy and blushing all over. Looking back, this sounds like a quickly made up story on the surface until one considers the facts. As a kid, I felt extremely shy, so I would compensate and try to hide it by being more outgoing. This continued well into adulthood in my professional career. It strikes me now that my pink elephant was also a self-portrait. 
If one blushes in just his cheeks, the secret is revealed. But if I was blushing all over, nobody could tell I was shy. And I've just realized that I still color a bit like this today. In many of my creature sketches, you'll often see this bit of blush, a touch of pink in the cheeks, or indeed sometimes all over. The difference today, of course, is that I'm proud to be who I really am, still a touch shy and no longer trying to overcompensate for it. These days, my palette creates a world that's all a bit brighter and more colorful than reality. But it's my truth. It's a mixture of how I see the world and the story of how things make me feel. It's not a photorealistic representation, but something I like to call faux realism. It's precisely what would happen if I could take a photograph with my heart. And each time I sit down to sketch with my inner child, it's always a joy to relive those coloring book memories. One Little Tiger For a prompt of tiger once, I decided to sketch a little tiger cub and pull in some leaves for an extra splash of color. I adore baby animals, and particularly the kind that will one day grow very large. They always have these incredibly enormous feet that signal what's to come. It's the same with humans in that hands and feet are the first to start and stop growing. On a tiger cub, this gangly look is rather cute. On me, when I was a kid, it was a touch more awkward. But it's heartwarming to know that one day this little cub will grow into those feet and become a big, brave tiger. I was running behind today, and when I realized what the prompt was, I was really daunted. I only had a short amount of time to sketch, and tigers seemed so complex. So I just jumped in and went for it without thinking too much, which is always my approach when I'm starting to doubt myself. This time, it was both my inner child and my inner tiger that helped me quickly get this sketch completed. Today, when Philippe was about to pick me up from work, he realized the car had a flat tire, so I had to take an Uber home to let the dog out while he dealt with fixing that. I had wanted a glass of wine tonight and contemplated asking my driver if he would mind stopping, but I didn't know if that was proper etiquette. Since we happened to have a bottle of champagne in the fridge, I told Philippe when he finally made it home that we should toast to finding solutions to problems. He just looked at me sideways and said, you just really want a glass of champagne now, don't you? To which I said, yes. This was one of those weeks where Thursday felt like it should be Friday all day long. The kind that drags on for one extra day when it seems like the weekend should have arrived already. But as soon as I started painting, I felt recharged. It's honestly magic. No matter how rushed or stressed I feel when I get home, all of that goes away the moment I put a brush to paper. Sure, the champagne was a nice bonus. Yes, Philippe agreed to my plan of questionable logic. But the act of making something is the best thing of all. This is why I love my sketching habit. I'm not sure how I would have transformed my day without it. I think I would have been a touch grumpy or still feel overwhelmed. And yet having one more thing to do, which is make a sketch of some kind, could easily seem like too much to bear. But for me, sketching is its own thing. It's on a completely different level than the other things that I have to do in my life. This is one of those fabulously unique things that I simply always want to do. And doing it makes me feel so happy. But there was an extra layer today that included a bit of fear. The subject matter felt far too complex for my harried brain to handle. Yet I'm the guy who spent five and a half years bravely sketching everything imaginable. 
Some sketches are better than others, to be sure, but I've already proven to myself that I can indeed sketch anything. So why the doubt? Well, I'm simply human after all. But in my heart, I always try to approach life with all of the courage of one little tiger. When it's ripe, for a prompt of oranges once, I opted for a few still in the tree being admired by a Baltimore Oriole. I'd seen an article that said the Baltimore Oriole is particularly attracted to ripe oranges, hence the combo. Though one would peel or cut them in half first, of course, for a backyard bird feeder. I don't have a backyard, but if I did, this would definitely be something I'd love to try. It's probably best I don't have a backyard, as I would be trying to lure every piece of nature on the planet to come visit. We do have an outdoor terrace, and I had a hummingbird feeder up a few years ago. It was lovely to watch then, but they eat so darn much and I kept forgetting to fill it. I swear a hummingbird looked right at me with a very sad gaze once, thinking I must be an idiot. I have the best of intentions, but I'm just not a pro when it comes to domestic things. I get so sidetracked that it's all I can do to make sure the trash goes out and that I have clean underwear. So as much as I would love visits from beautiful birds, I think word would get out quickly that my home is the worst bed and breakfast on the block. Philippe is also a master of the last minute thing, so we really do sort of live by the seat of our pants together. We usually just take turns being the adult when it's finally impossible to avoid it. Yes, I guess I'll make the appointment for the oil change since the mileage just clicked past the mark. Or that roof leak didn't sort itself out on its own and it's growing worrisome now, so perhaps it's time to have that checked. I realize this makes me sound perfectly dysfunctional, but it's really just a matter of focusing on what's truly important. If something becomes truly important, it gets sorted, but domestic things don't thrill me much beyond that. So while I do appreciate visiting someone's pristine home, I also have to appreciate the extra time I have to sketch and play by not making mine one of my hobbies. I already have enough of those and more than I can keep up with on most days. Philippe told me recently that he wants a house so he could have chickens for eggs. I told him this would be his hobby and his alone if that ever happens. Somewhere hens everywhere are breathing a sigh of relief. This particular quirk of mine isn't about procrastination, which I also suffer from on most days. It's just about prioritization. There are only so many hours in the day and I always want to be sure that I'm spending more of them doing what I love instead of things I dread. This way, the dreadful things will still get fixed or sorted somehow, but they won't become the main focus. That wonderful main focus is still reserved for things like writing and sketching and spending quality time with my husband and my lovable but slightly demanding Basenji dog. I realize this is a rather indulgent way to live, but it's precisely why I'm so happy and positive all of the time. It's a heart-first way to live that's served me quite well in life. Everything catches up to itself eventually. If Philippe and I let something go a bit too long, we suddenly both jump in and fix it and feel even better having done so. Tonight, as we were returning home, for example, the garage door opened on the first click. We'd spent weeks clicking it several times before it would open. I was totally amazed, and then Philippe revealed that he'd simply changed the battery. My hero. I was smitten. Yes, it's totally ridiculous, to be sure, and we'll likely just continue down our odd and questionable path in life, enjoying every little heartfelt moment and dealing with a pesky problem only when it's ripe.
The Magic of Shadows. For a prompt of Flamingo once, I decided to do a quick little sketch in three colors of one admiring its own shadow. As a kid, I was always really fascinated by shadows. I found a book at the library once on how to make shadow puppets with your hands. I still remember feeling like a magician as I clasped my thumbs together and flapped my other fingers madly about to make a flying bird appear. Or placing my hands back to back with one in a claw-like gesture to make deer antlers. If you're rather graceful or indeed double-jointed, you can also make a shadow that looks a bit like a flamingo. Though mine always looked a bit more like a duck. But no matter what appeared, it still felt magical. I think I feel that same way today as I dive in quickly to sketch something. I've no idea if I'll get close to what I'm imagining or something else entirely will happen, but I know I'll always have a blast in the process. And it's always super fun to find out what will make an appearance each day. Today, as I was standing outside my building, I looked up at the foggy gray sky. It's the kind of winter sky that's a bit gloomy as all of the colors fight valiantly to be seen, but ultimately fail. Everything is cast into a strange black and white dream that turns the scene into film noir. It's actually rather beautiful and intriguing. As I was standing there looking at the faded buildings around me, I heard a whoosh above my head and looked up again to see a flock of birds. They were just silhouettes against the impossibly gray sky, but thrilling to watch. While I was watching, one bird strayed from the flock and went in the other direction. This change in the story was quite noticeable, and so my eyes continued to follow the silhouette of a bird to see where he was going. The flock had disappeared over the building, and just this one little bird was left wandering the sky. The visual was so cool because it was all just a play of shadow puppets. I then realized the bird wasn't determined to head off on its own. He was only uncertain. He'd somehow lost his group. I felt sorry for this little bird, but then another whoosh came from above and the flock zoomed back in and collected him. I was instantly relieved and glad that this particular tale had a happy ending. That's my favorite kind. I'm not sure how long I stood there watching this show, no doubt longer than I should have since I had a lot of work to do that day. Truly, it's a wonder I get anything done at all because I often take time to enjoy the simplest of things. But these are the moments that thrill me most, the simple kind that can be so easily ignored. Birds fly overhead all of the time and I'm normally just looking down and not paying full attention. But today, when I looked up, I watched a story unfold. It was a very simple story indeed, but in that film noir light, it suddenly felt epic and amazing. I was initially bummed about a day so foggy and gray that it stole all of my lovely color, but by simply shifting my gaze, I realized that the show hadn't ended at all. It had simply moved upward to the sky, where I could watch with sheer wonder and amazement as once again, I enjoyed the magic of shadows. Feeling lucky. For a prompt of fish once, I opted for a couple koi and painted them using lots of different colors. There's a large koi pond at our local zoo and it's mesmerizing and relaxing to watch these fish swim around. I have to push myself to move along and not spend the day there. Also, koi fish are said to symbolize luck and can also symbolize abundance and perseverance. I like the last one because perseverance is always the perfect path to abundance and feeling lucky, even when luck has little to do with it. 
Often in life, the best things simply come from a lot of dogged determination. This is certainly how I've approached my own art, by just showing up each and every day to make a little something. There are many days where what I made doesn't match what I had in my head. I'd imagined a completely different result than what appears on my sketchbook. This never bothers me in the least, and more often than not, I like what suddenly appeared there even more. So that's why my single greatest piece of advice continues to be show up and make something no matter what. You'll notice that I don't qualify or describe what gets made. I never think about making something beautiful or worthy or better than the last time. I hope it turns out to be any of these things, of course, but it's never ever my goal. If it were, I doubt I'd show up at all as it would always seem a touch terrifying. Thankfully, what I've learned is that little improvements happen no matter what when I show up and make something. Some improvements are so microscopic that I have to go back and look at things I've sketched more than a year ago to truly notice them, but they're always there, and that always makes me feel good. There's no such thing as a waste of time when it's time spent doing something you love. And if that something is a creative endeavor, then the more you do, the better you get. This is exciting to me, so I just keep showing up with whatever little doodle happened each day. That said, if you want to get better at a specific subject much faster, then focusing only on that helps. I haven't painted fish in ages, so I'm not on any path toward mastery, but it's fun to show up and try my hand at sketching them again. I'm not sure I'll ever personally find that one subject matter I'll do on a regular basis that I can speed my way toward perfecting it more. There are just too many things I want to sketch, so many different things that inspire what I write. And tonight, I'm enjoying a glass of wine with Philippe while he watches another documentary. This one is in French, so I only understand every fifth word and can mostly just appreciate the pictures. But this is our little life. It's nothing incredible and consists mostly of a burning joy for each new day. Each day is a chance to make a little more, dream a little more, and love a little more. And while I do dream of amazing things that might happen in the future, I would be remiss to ignore this very moment. Its significance can be difficult to spot, to be sure. Philippe and I are doing nothing remotely more interesting than last night, but it's our night and our own special way of living through life together. And to me, that makes it the most incredible thing of all. So it's in these moments that I realize that I've managed to make the best dream of all come true and why I start each and every day feeling lucky. Wishing on a star. For a prompt of galaxy once, my mind wandered a bit as I thought about wishing on a star. Since I don't sketch people, I added a little dog to make the wish. This is only the second time I've tried painting a sky like this one, so it was a fun experiment. I also just realized that I sketched the dog with eyes open, though closing one's eyes to make a wish seems to be the most popular option. Yet when I was a kid, I would make a wish on a star and stare at it intensely, as though dropping my gaze would make the wish disappear, or worse, cause it not to come true at all. Even today, I still make little wishes when I see a bright star in the sky. Perhaps more exciting, if I'm lucky enough to spot one, is wishing on a meteor bursting into the Earth's atmosphere. Though as kids, of course, we just called them shooting stars. But now and back then, my wishes are typically something silly and simple. Nothing that seems impossible, but just those little things that can seem a touch improbable, but maybe need just a little extra burst of hope. As a teenager, I remember making wishes that had a bit of romance to them, meaning I fancied someone and hoped they fancied me back. 
I didn't wish for something like a love potion to make this occur, and instead I'd simply wish to be noticed. Or I really wanted a particular part in the school play, I just wished to be cast in the show. It's not that I was setting my sights low, it was that in the process of wishing for something, I learned a little bit more about what really matters to me. If I was going to make a wish, I wanted it to be the right wish. I don't know if stars can really grant wishes, but it's fun to imagine that they can. And either way, it's always good to dream fresh dreams and have more hope. And on a crazy planet like ours, hope is definitely something we can use a bit more of these days. When I was a kid and a huge Star Wars fan, I always wondered what it would be like to live in a galaxy far, far away. But as it turns out, they have pretty much the same problems there, so I'm happy to be living in this one. And if there's another planet like ours out there somewhere, I hope they've figured everything out and we'll make contact soon. It's extraordinary to contemplate the vastness of our universe, mostly because there's still so much to be discovered. And when it comes to my art and sketching each day, I feel much the same way. It's exciting to try new things and see what appears in my sketchbook. Today, I was super nervous to try this one since I've never really done this specific sort of thing. And it's precisely why I put this prompt on the list in the first place. As much fun as it is to try new things many times, I avoid doing it and stick to the tried and true. These things that I know I can do well. But life gets much more interesting when you step outside that known universe and attempt something that you have no experience at all in doing. This particular act of doing is my favorite one of all. No matter what happens in my sketchbook, I always feel amazing after attempting something I've never done. It's like boarding a rocket to a destination unknown. It's so cool and thrilling that I get a bit caught up in the whole experience. Though sure, it can feel a bit scary as well, and I often find myself wishing on a star. Thanks so much for listening to the Sketching Stuff podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Visit me at sketchingstuff.com to share your comments and stories. 